0: Horror-horror-horror-movie?
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make our movie? Oh, I, wonder, I wonder what will would be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess.
0: We're a long way for God knows, son.
1: Slowly- Coming wh- out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his that's mouth, fucking cool. of skin. No.
0: So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die. And he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence. Can yeah. we
1: try Take Two again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life changing <laughs> decisions. But.
1: Thanks for your correspondence, Jacobs.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 23.
1: I think it might be 23. Of Let's
0: Horror Movie.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm John.
0: And that's I'm Dave. Dave.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> and that was um, Mitch.
1: Yeah, I uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Welcome, everybody. This is the fortnightly horror movie pitch creation yeah. podcast, full of whimsy, audience participation, irreverence, and morbidly glib kind of yeah. I would stuff.
1: say so. We, we, we cover horror in all its forms, and we have a few chuckles along the way.
0: Well, we we do yeah, <laughs> at we, least. Uh, yeah, can't just can't to stress can't that. Can't guarantee it for for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, fuck. Still rusty on the intro. I am
1: really thrown by Mitch. Because I thought, when you're going to say an Australian name, you're going to say an Australian name? Mitch is the... I couldn't... No? You know I you don't think? think it's
0: Australian. You don't think Mitch... No. What, mate? I'm Mitch. <laughs> I think I mean, you uh, can say it in I live, yeah, I live down in the Creek. Uh, me and my wife. <laughs> also called Mitch. <laughs> me... Uh, yeah. People like to call us double Mitch.
1: Yeah, I can see why.
0: Uh, anyway... <laughs> well look sounds fine to me but if no, you, me. No, what would you call him I mean Bruce just seemed a little yeah I mean <laughs> so to be little... fair if
1: his name's Mitch his name's Mitch it's not for me to judge exactly
0: it. I can't just Mitch isn't going to just change his name yeah
1: sorry Mitch I just <laughs> I was just you're I all brought, right
0: you're all right <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it all back this podcast has four acts four acts yeah and in the first act we get feedback on last episode's pitch
1: which was my pitch Metal Sky
0: episode 22 metal sky Uh act two we do a little turn about the cultural grounds anything john and i have been reading watching listening to and act three is the pitch itself the actual
1: reason we're all so that's
0: why we're you're here so if you're really humorless you can skip right ahead to act Three.
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you don't like to smile then go to act three
0: (laughs) yeah because it's not going to be a nice one Yeah, and then Act 4 is the sort of pitch post-mortem where John and I spend a couple of minutes having a quick chat about the pitch. Whatever thoughts come up. Bit of a name search, title search. Yeah, yeah. And anything else that comes to mind?
1: Any stuff we we forgot to mention in the early bits sometimes comes up.
0: And uh, that's pretty much it, really. So welcome if you haven't been before. And if you have, strap in, do the things that you know you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, you know what they are.
0: Pick that up, put this down, tie those together. And just relax,
1: I guess. Yeah, get comfy. It's warm out there. So, you know, take a layer off.
0: It is warm depending on when and where you're listening to this. Mm. Um, it's also very yeah. cold for the yeah. same, <laughs> yeah. to the same criteria.
1: It's also quite mild out. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Oh, isn't it tepid? Mm. <laughs> that's <laughs> the intro, isn't
1: it? That's, I mean, that that's the script you've given me. <laughs> I think I did it all right.
0: Alright guys, welcome to X2, I believe this is the, uh, no, no, I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> Mitch, mate, come on. <laughs>
0: it's been a long flight, I've come a long way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not even supposed to be travelling, Um. Yeah. I don't believe I'm supposed to be here, I'm not even in quarantine, uh, mate.
1: No, but you are, I mean, you are here for like, on the grounds of like, cultural importance. Welcome to X1. Hello.
0: Fair income. If you go back to pre-COVID podcasts. You'll find that this is a lot this is a lot slicker.
1: Real snappy. Super Real.
0: slick and snappy yeah. and it's like it's it's sign upable stuff. It's like yeah. I've heard these guys, I yeah. need to sign them. 'em. They're any, like the if, Beatles. Yeah.
1: If anything I've heard that it's a tad robotic. So that's <laughs> the only thing I've heard really that is that we almost got so good it became yeah, almost yeah, yeah. you know, join us.
0: So anyway, if you want to hear what it should sound like, I guess go go and listen to those.
1: Yeah. Listen to those first bits and then join us later.
0: But anyway, unlike last week's first return after Co...
1: Yeah, this is our second return.
0: So this is our our second Poco episode. The first one, we didn't have any feedback because the three-month gap. This time we do. Yeah. So we have an email from... North of the Wall, Mothman educated Scottish correspondent J. Dubs.
1: Hello, J. Dubs. Long time no listen. Because <laughs> I hear what yeah, you yeah, say Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I get it. You li- you're listening to him. I've got to say feedback, long time no yeah. see because I've never met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah never but seen him.
1: I've never seen him. I don't know. could have met him, but
0: like. just not known. Right. It's very true. Without seeing.
1: That's chilling. No, that could be, it could be a
0: pitch. <laughs> well, he's told me about all the times he's met you, you see. Really? Yeah. You all of different and, faces um, But he's very good at yeah. flying under the radar. Very. um Incognito, I suppose. You make
1: him area. sound like he's been there at every sort of important point in my life, giving me certain direction. He is a bit
0: like that. Yeah. His email is entitled Poco Revisionist History.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And he says, Welcome back, 3DK and the Last Bear. Technically, I think the email should be titled Negationist History. You two wax lyrical about the current cultural happenings. Full support and solidarity on that one but you are guilty of a crime of equal and higher standing a whole shiny website and zero mention of the key correspondence <laughs> shame zero J doves zero Frank Alex wiped from history zero letters lovingly fitted to digital <laughs> <Shames>. <laughs> frames shame sorry that's true I had I mean look I did go there's some pains to say that the website is evolving
1: I'd have enough to do the website by the way guys <laughs> if it had been me uh, I've, still be got, I've
0: still got the letter from John where he's like you do not fucking put them on that fucking website. <laughs> don't um, bring it down. Really, re—I mean, it was full. Well, of you know,
1: I was in a dark place.
0: Look, dread. You're right. I was going to do something on the website for that, but I, I just hadn't got around to it yet because I'm, you know, i have been busy. Don't have a lot. It's not like I've got an intern.
1: No, you made a website.
0: If uh, if anyone wants to intern at Let's Make a Horror Movie <laughs> um,
1: reevaluate all of your choices <laughs> to this point. <laughs>
0: yeah take a long
1: just go yeah. for a walk go for a walk <laughs> yeah, go for walk a good
0: hour good hour outdoor walk
1: talk to the people who care about you mm.
0: and if you still want to do it um, give us a call <laughs> yeah
1: we would love to have you
0: so he says regarding nine year olds my daughter
1: <laughs> <laughs> classic J. Duns my daughter email.
0: says she will kick your <laughs> he says he says my daughter says she will kick your man cunts in <laughs> <laughs> I may be paraphrasing or making shit up she's not currently a listener <laughs> <laughs> Regarding the pitch. Nice one to kick back off. Good work. Oh, thank you very there much. You go. I'll start with a minor nitpick. Alright. I think John mentioned that the underground complex was near or beneath a large tree. Oh, I did. I see where he's going with yeah, it. Yeah, I think I know where One issue with that. Roots. Unless of course the tree is long dead, in which case awesome. But a possible cliche.
1: Mm. That's true. Yeah it is actually. And also
0: true. you know, not to jump on J Dubbs' nitpicking. Yeah. But it did occur to me, like, if she single-handedly sunk all of these sleeping sleeping containers, what, three and a half, four meters high? Yeah. Probably three. Three to three and a half. And she's, what, sunk, say, eight to ten of them? Mm. I mean, she's going to need a huge amount of plant equipment. Yeah. All kinds of planning consent from the local authority. Oh, yeah. Authority. I mean,
1: to be fair, I didn't think she built it single-handedly. Oh. I imagined she was like, I'm building a bunker.
0: Prequel. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Prequel. Yeah.
1: Where it's just a woman does a large land project in a garden. <laughs>
0: What are you telling people? Oh, yeah, no, I'm just building a bunker. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. What, with like 10 shipping containers? It's,
1: mate, in America, there's bunkers all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. But it's just there's something very...
1: I would bet you a large amount of money that you could get a bunker built in America very easily yeah. with very little questions.
0: Yes, sure. And you could probably do the same here. You, just you probably could. I don't know why I'm Yeah, I don't yeah. know why you're pointing a finger. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, but nonetheless, that's expensive work as well, expensive. so she's got to have money. There's a lot of stuff going I on. I
1: think she had dead family members.
0: Dead family. Well, that's what I thought Yeah. When I, when I read it. Maybe that's why she wanted to kidnap and raise the kids, something to do with the dead family. All come so, together, <laughs> mate.
1: See, that's where I'm at.
0: You're working at a higher level than yeah, most yeah. of us I mean, are I'm capable be... <laughs> of getting to. Yeah. I think that's uh, the issue.
1: One day I'll just be all light. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, so yeah, the Roots problem is a fair, fair very fair issue.
1: I would say the only reason that it's under a tree is because the song in which it's based on, which I hope you've all listened to, because it is generally a brilliant song. It's not metal, but the end of the song has got the line... It's um, not metal!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Because I'm aware it's very niche. Some of the music I like is very niche. This is not one of those, like, it's not a screaming
0: thing. Whatever else it is. It's not metal. It's not. Yeah, you can but, tell that to
1: the bank. <laughs> the last line of that is that you'll find me underneath, buried underneath the tree. Yeah, that's, that's the only. I mean, it could
0: reason. be like a little tiny sapling. It doesn't yeah. have to be a huge, big old tree. It could be. How just about like... a bonsai tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buried underneath yeah. the bonsai. And it gets maybe that's the yeah. alternative title.
1: And it gets poignantly trodden on at the end.
0: Okay, he says the presence of a significant volume of previous victims in shade form, yeah. and their influence over the outcome of the story i.e. their ability to attack a living being, Mm -hmm. leads me to conclude that there is an inevitable ghost critical mass coming.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Eventually there will be enough failed child attempts to generate a sufficient population of ghosties to allow them to make even more of an influence on the living world, and presumably exact their revenge.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: As such, the outcome, the downfall of the murderer, is predetermined based on the equation of killing efficiency. Yeah. Or parental success, if you like, over time.
1: Yeah, I think that's a I think fantastic that's a neat, point. Yeah. A neat idea. I think it, it I don't fit- know
0: how you would communicate that. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it does fit in with what I thought of the main sort of villain was that like with a lot of killers they tend to reach a kind of like frenzy point where they get kind of worse and sloppier and where it becomes more of a compulsion. I had imagined she'd got at that point at the same time that you say the ghosts are reaching a kind of like critical mass mm. it wasn't going to continue for much longer no matter what happened she's either going to get caught or the ghosts were going to fuck her up
0: yeah I don't know because it's difficult it's almost like you need a Ghostbusters ghost bank or whatever it is where the light goes red because uh, otherwise i trying to fit that in man. No. <laughs> well otherwise I'm trying to say how would you convey it because your characters are the antagonist, yeah, and then your two your two protagonists don't know anything about this, yeah, so they don't even know what's going on, so they can't yeah. explain it. The antagonist can't see them for yeah. most of the film, so she can't she doesn't know what's going on. It would have to be somehow the if the ghosts interacted in a way, perhaps later in the film, where they were less of malicious intent, yeah, and we understood them now to be more of a you know compassionate intent, mm-hmm. then maybe they could scroll something on the wall. Or something, I don't know, to be like, oh, if she kills one of you, we're all going to, I don't know, become Godzilla. You're going to be Super Ghost. Super Ghost, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. So, I like the idea. I'm just, I'm being a dickhead and just trying to ruin it for (laughs) everybody. I would like to have seen a middle act, which added more scares from the ghosts until you understand their motives. I think this would allow a good deal of misdirection towards the secondary plot point, even a twist depending how you played it. You could combine with stretching out the play acting of the host. So yeah, definitely. Can, so you can keep winding up the tension. However, that would rely on the captives not having a fairly obvious conversation about the disproportionately massive population of the dead.
1: Actually, yeah, you could have it whereby at some point in the movie, the protagonists think they're down there to be locked in with ghosts. That that's the reason oh, that there yeah. is to be tormented. Yeah, yeah. And that the ghost is somehow behind it. That's You true. could do that.
0: Alternatively, I thought the underground environment was an interesting thread to pick at. I'll have to set aside my concerns over groundwater and HVAC, which is heating, ventilation, air conditioning for the non engineers amongst us. You could add some kind of reveal on the underground element. An escape attempt uncovers lights buried around the edges of the containers to give the impression of being above ground. Yeah, that's cool. Shining in through the gaps at the corners, just when they think they're escaping, boom! No chance, your bitch is underground. <laughs> right, <laughs> quite that... a tagline for the movie. <laughs> that. Right, that's your lot from me this time. I'm off to ride around my full-size Waterworld set. Keep up the good work. Great to hear you back, Poco. Peace and love, jadoves No more letters, please.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, and I think that's all bang on. I think there's some great suggestions in there. My view of ghosts is that they are basically like an embodiment of the worst part of something. They haven't got any defaults or feelings of anything else. They've only got the overwhelming thing they were left with. So with the children, it would have been like the fear and the anger. Do you know what I mean? So I mm. kind of wanted to keep them as a malevolent force... But they're only aiming it at the villain. Katie. But yeah, but you don't know they're aiming it at her until it gets to the point. So even them trying to save the other two, it's really only because they don't like her. If I had written Casper, it would just be him screaming about the accident when he died, and mm. that that wouldn't be there. Wouldn't be any hijinks just or just always romance.
0: just terrorizing all yeah, the other young characters, just
1: howling at the unfairity of his life cut short.
0: Sure. Unfairity? Did yeah, you say unfairity? It's a word, isn't it? we'll take it it's, yeah, it's good uh, word. Le Mans Pod new words uh, new <laughs> words section unfairity good word put that on the website That uh, might get on before the
1: contributors uh, section <laughs> you've got to put your priorities haven't you
0: <laughs> well that's all the feedback we got if any other listeners have any thoughts on Metal Sky or any of the other pictures yeah go from the past, do write in give us your input and we'll update them yeah if you're new and you haven't heard it, we did that very thing in episode, I think. So episode 13 is your pitch, Goodbye Tomorrow, and then yep. I did a sequel to it, episode 16, Fertilized Earth, mm. and in that one, I uh, folded in all the listener feedback we had yeah. to your to one. So, you know, it, it does work.
1: Yeah. It, the theory's
0: <laughs> been proven. So yeah. uh,
1: It's a solid system we've invented.
0: <laughs> bankable as well, as we've said yeah. before, you know, bankable, hire us, throw money at us. But well,
1: we are, we are making coin on this, though. We both wearing fur coats. Oh,
0: so much money! Yeah, so much money. All the um, all the ads, all the because we're doing this thing. You probably don't, you probably can't tell because it's intentional, but it's all the yeah. subliminal ads yeah, we yeah. do through the show. Yeah, yeah. So we're one of these new, we're new podcasts that's trying out this new tech.
1: I mean. Oddly enough, um, Verity is actually a new kind of washing up liquid. See why I did that. It's really clever.
0: <laughs> it is yeah. very good, but you have given away one of the secrets, so uh, or have I? Um,
1: Could be secrets within secrets. Well that's true. You'll just find yourself going um, out of them buying a lot of things you didn't normally. But yeah,
0: to. no, but I, I spend I reckon I spend twenty hours a week just layering in the implicit advertising, yeah. the subconscious yeah. advertising into the show, so little noises, a lot of yeah. phrases, certain words. Well, thanks for that, guys. Welcome to Act Two. This time, it really is uh-huh. Act Two, and um, in this Act, the hosts will run through anything they have been putting in their eyes and ears and mouths recently.
1: <laughs> Mitch, mate, Mitch, we don't cover mouths. Ah, uh, yeah, see. Oh no, we do cover mouths. Mitch face is working masks. off the old script. Yes. <laughs> so that yeah, a was a lot more foody, wasn't it? <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of no, food.
0: Put it this way, I got through a lot of ferity. <laughs> That was part of our old podcast, which is how how things taste in the mouth. There was no implication at any point that it would be food. Yeah, it
1: was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't comfortable for a second of it.
0: Anyway, right, so we're in Act Two, and I'm going to just say right now I've done nothing since our last recording. I've not read anything because all my reading time's kind of been out the window because I'm not commuting. So that's all died off. Movies I haven't watched anything. Yeah. Just fuck all. Just basically, damn it, I should be dead. <laughs> I'm as good as dead. I've had a dead Fortnite.
1: Which, in a way, is quite a kind of horror thing. In it's itself. it's quite a horror thing, yeah. yeah so, so in a way, true. you have contributed.
0: Have you contributed at all in any more tangible fashion?
1: Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of things to talk about. Um, Devolution by Max Books. guy who wrote World War Z, which is a much better book than it is a film. His new one is told after the fact, very much like World War Z, but it's about a small eco sort of. Like Tech Village compound, group of families living up in the mountains. Volcano goes off and essentially that puts them in a direct migration line for some starving Sasquatches. Is trying to basically piece together what the fuck happened to this community from what was left of it. And it might be the most exciting book I've ever read in my life. Well, that's very good. Cool. I, I read it in, I think, maybe about six hours. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute belter. Oh, wow. Well, 10 out of 10. It's the best book I've read this year. It's amazing. I have to get that. Yeah, I recommend it to everybody. I've also been playing Last of Us 2, mm. as I got as a Father's Day present yesterday. very really good. Quite grim, quite sad, but a lot of horror. Have you finished it? Nah, no, but a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right.
0: A little bit. You kind of... I've a little bit finished it.
1: I've done about.
0: I'm going to say no, he hasn't finished. for anyone listening who was like, just want a straight answer to the question. <laughs> no.
1: What, <laughs> <laughs> <Not laughs> oh, <wait>, Paxman? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, a little bit. i finished it a little Hold bit. Hold on my feet
1: to the fire on it. I've played
0: some of it. I haven't finished yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm maybe almost at a halfway point. Mm. Maybe.
0: I have been looking forward to it. That's good. Although, as as is always the way with these things, I woke up and read a fucking Twitter storm about Naughty Dog now. I don't know. Oh, the whole
1: crunch thing. Yeah. Is it? I,
0: yeah. I just, I mean, look, obviously don't approve if they're yeah. not giving good work. But it's like, yeah. The one thing that bugs me about Twitter is that I, I have to do all this legwork. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to tweet about it, just for future reference, anyone on Twitter that's listening to this, that shoots off the hip about shit left, right and centre. Yeah. If you're going to do it in the future, please just put something in the tweet that tells the cursory watcher... Put some nouns in there. What the fuck it is you're tweeting yeah. about? Rather yeah. rather not than, than just something really vague. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, fucking naughty dog, at it again. That's oh, right. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> Here's half an hour trying to find out what the yeah. fuck that's about. Sorry. It just really got on my tits. There's a few other ones I'm not going to bring up now that have been going on <laughs> on, on Twitter. But there's a few things where it's just that. And I spend yeah. all my fucking day going... What?
1: Who are they talking about? Would, what have they done? I would say to bring it back to <laughs> to, to, to a conversational.
0: No of that will probably. Platform, stay in.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Is that Last of Us does it the same thing that Red Dead Redemption Two has, where it's like amazing and immersive, I yeah, think yeah. else. But there's so much fine detail that when you find out that the companies who made it have like made their staff work insane hours, yeah. to code these details in, you kind of think, just leave it, guys. Didn't need that in there. Didn't need it. For example, Last of Us has like really, really horrifically detailed wound graphics, yeah, shading and stuff. Right. So if you shoot something in the face, it looks fucking grim. But you don't, when when you're playing a game, you don't tend to go back and, and admire the gunshot wounds of a thing you've... <laughs> I mean, yeah... Basically, my, my Man, point is...
0: I mean, I want to agree with you. I want to... I am like, agreeing got- with you on principle, yeah. but on that specific point... <laughs> I love a good bit of gunshot detail in yeah. games. I want to see the bullet hole. I, I remember doing this back in Duke <laughs> Th- Nukem 3D back yeah, in like, yeah. 96 or whatever. And I don't even mean shooting a person. If I shoot a wall with a gun, yeah, I want yeah. to see the bullet hole in the wall that I shot. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's. A, oh, yeah. And that for me is like, that's what lifts a game into the next level. Yeah. Extrapolate that out. Obviously, not yeah. just that specific example. <laughs> it's not like if, if some if if that's in a game, I'm like triple fucking a five stars. I mean, how much do you want? Take my money. Take yeah. my money.
1: I mean, like one of the perfect examples of it was in Red Dead Redemption Two. There's like the um, thing where if you if you're riding like a male horse and it's cold, it's tactical shrink. <laughs> right.
0: And it's like that's... People, people died for that. Is that yeah. what you no, no, me My point is, it's like fifty Chinese coders I, died.
1: Yeah, I don't need that enough in the game. For somebody to not see their kids grow up, it's a very minor thing to add. I'm
0: gonna, there. I'm gonna give it a little a bit of extra nuance to your analogy, and I'm gonna yeah. say I'd rather they had the option to see their kids grow up but chose not to.
1: Yes, no, that's fine. Oh, that yeah, game bad, I'll play. Bad parents. You, can work you, on games. you
0: put this above your kids. I'll, I'll play this
1: exactly. But there <laughs> should be. But you should have the choice to be a good parent. Yeah, or not.
0: yeah. It's not a perfect world, John. No, it's not. That's just one of these shit things. Hole, it's a fucking shithole. <laughs> and it's a constant struggle against strife and yeah. evil and horrible I shit. And
1: what's your you reward Oblivion?
0: <laughs> so, you know, any little joy you can get out of it, go for it.
1: <laughs> so play Last of Us too.
0: Put that on my Father's Day card. It's a card I designed yeah. in Clinton's cards. Tried to get Hallmark on board, but um, I'm finding them a little bit... Uh, they're a little bit blinkered, yeah. I'd say. Mm. They, I've heard that. They can't see the wood for the trees, you know, yeah, yeah. not thinking about the future.
1: So it's just down to you and your Sharpie.
0: Exactly. Me and my Sharpie and my Polaroids. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway... I feel like I have done stuff but I, I'm not going to try and force my mind to remember.
1: <laughs> Why should you?
0: No one's going to want to hear about me watching Jeeves and Worcester or Pride and Prejudice both of which are about the only things I have been watching lately. No, yeah, so, they're both um, good things. Though. They're great. Yeah, they're both solid. great as long as it's the BBC adaptation of yeah. like Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I want
1: to um, see anything other.
0: Tell you what you don't get. You don't get a performance like Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Collins from the BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. We still talk about Colin Firth. We do. From that. We should be talking about whoever they are because <laughs> they were fucking great in that who were they I've done I've done them an in injustice by not knowing their names oh I'm
1: looking up who do you think it is before I look it up
0: who do you think it is oh um I think it's Ambrose Charterway No. I'm going to say that's Mr Collins's name he finds it hard to find work with these days Mrs Bennett is going to be
1: Sally cloth okay we'll let's see how st- st- he <laughs> Um, <laughs> see, if <I> can, <laughs> see if you guys can hear me over the sound of a barrel being scraped, but it is David Bamba plays Mr. Collins. There you go. Mr. William Collins. Uh,
0: fucking excellent.
1: Um, and Mrs. Ben, oh, Mrs. Ben is an uh, uh, Alison Steadman.
0: You say that, like, my mum will be like, You remember Rory? You know, Rory McGorry. <laughs> I bet And you I'll be like, No, I don't remember the McGorrys. And she'll be like, No, 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 you do, you do. So, you know, they ran that thing with the pig that time. Well, she is the best Mrs. Bennett you will find on the face of this planet.
1: Oh, can I just mention one more bit of culture? Sure. If I may. Well. The movie... <laughs> see what it is first. The movie <laughs> Becky. Becky. Yeah, Becky, that's it, yes. With Kevin James. It's an all right movie. Kevin James is all right in it.
0: Kevin, don't feel too bad about this, because if you listen to earlier podcasts, you'll find that an all right movie can mean 7 out of 10. He can,
1: and, and this is a 7 out of 10. <laughs>
0: maybe leave with the no, score no. no, no come no, no, up with a different term than alright or average for sevens
1: this film's an alright movie right. It's all it, there's no bad component in yeah, it yeah. but the lead performance which I recommend everybody watch for this reason alone is phenomenal it's worth paying for to see that performance it's amazing alright yeah that's it that's what I wanted to say that's but I nice. thought you know big yeah, ups, Becky, film.
0: minimum 7 out of 10 for anyone minimum looking definite. for it to translate that
1: it's very fun if you're talking fun factor you got your 8 or your 9s in there <laughs> So it's a really oh, fun it's, movie. it's confusing.
0: I'm confused. Yeah. But it it's sounds good.
1: Violent as fuck.
0: Well, that's definitely on my Yeah, hand. but real good. Uh, hello, it's me again. You're joining us now for Act 3. This is the Meat and Potatoes. This is the guys like to say of the podcast. This is the, the horror picture itself. Thanks, Mitch. See, so you know what, that. I think out of all of our act introductions, that was one of the most sort of professional.
1: It was. He, he knows his way around the mic.
0: Yeah, and, and that old script, I guess, was still all right for Act yeah. Three. No, uh, no,
1: yeah, he he smashed
0: yeah. it. Went off piece with the earlier stuff, but hey,
1: he was finding his feet as, a, as an he was, artist. He's
0: Australian. They're Find all upside his... down. <laughs> yeah. All the blush, all the, all the blush rods to their head <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work.
1: Mitch should give you some lessons.
0: <laughs> Mitch, you're gonna have to teach me how to talk and say blood rushes rather than blush. Act Three. Here we are. It's a Dave Week finally.
1: Yep, very very <laughs> excited.
0: I'm quite excited. Literally, the only caveat I'm going to give it is that... Uh, one caveat.
1: One Ooh. caveat,
0: and it literally reads, I'm sure this is all kinds of contrived. Oh, okay. Um, okay. There's a few cliches in here that I point out as being cliches, but none that? of this bothers me. So anyway, that's the caveat.
1: I feel kind of up to the hilt.
0: Uh Let's do this. Oh, you know what? I was going to write a call open for this, yeah. and I didn't. But I decided I was going to write the thing first, then go back and write the call open. I haven't. Yeah. I don't think it needs it, but if we want to, I can tell you what the call that is. That sounds
1: suspiciously to me like a second caveat.
0: A caveat that I hadn't considered yeah. until I started into the first caveat, and yeah. then it suddenly popped in. So, two caveats.
1: Yeah. Just so we all know where we are.
0: I think the only difference is that I would have had a some sort of smashy face killy yeah. scene at the start to just make you go, whoa, Ooh, hello. exciting, yeah. Win. let's go, but... This, as it stands, maybe, uh, but I don't think it necessarily benefits from that. So here we go. Okay. Act one, then. Ooh. We meet Christy and his partner, Rook.
1: Hello, Christy. Hello, Rook.
0: Our central protagonists. Mm-hmm. They live in a prefab pod, just like we, uh, I was going to say, just like we saw in the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, so, and but, of but but it
0: tells you, it tells you. Yeah. So they, they live in a prefab housing pod. Yeah course, we don't have an opening scene. Yeah. If you imagine, kind of like tower blocks, but prefab pods kind of stacked. Cool. We'll come to it, but it's to try and deal with a, you know, mass population of housing yeah. crisis kind of thing. So, they live in a prefab pod. It's limited in size, two small bedrooms, a toilet and a shower closet, and a minimal kitchen setup recessed into one wall of the living room. It's a used tech make-do future, not clean and shiny. Right. So... More context coming. We understand that Rook and Christie are a couple in their mid to late 50s, living alone in the small, worn pod, one of thousands in a sea of high-rise pod blocks. In this act, via various methods of exposition, we convey, if we hadn't guessed already, we're in the nearish future, and more importantly, the world is horrendously overpopulated to the point where there is mass homelessness and large swathes of mass starvation.
1: Oh shit
0: we decades or more past the last gasp at social care of any kind and, for better or worse, humanity has continued to reproduce exponentially. Okay. What were urban areas don't really have edges anymore but rather just morph into endless makeshift shelter cities as far as the eye can see. Food rationing is a very real issue and there hasn't been meat in decades. Most food is mass manufactured sustenance rather than for pleasure or for taste. Outside, as in yeah. the outside world, in general is not safe and it's getting considerably worse under the current impotent government administration, although it's been on this trend for decades and more. The sky in daylight is very Highlander 2 have put yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's to it's to dry and drive home some visual representation of the impending environmental collapse. Yeah. So by Highlander 2 you can do whatever, you know, maybe it's always just grey and bleak, yeah. you know, maybe never regardless of the weather there's never any sunlight
1: The world's a shithole.
0: Yeah, so it's yeah. it's just a visual representation, but I used The Highland series as a sort of shorthand. I don't know,
1: we all do. Is this our first 50-plus protagonist? Yeah, so that's
0: be. very, very intentionally... We can talk about it more at the end, but that was specifically what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: Whenever there's an old person, older... Because, you know, your mid-50s, late-50s, you're not that old, but... Yeah, yeah, still part of the world. You know, you're, you're not represented anywhere. And yeah. it's like, there's no horror film, really, or there's very few that seem bespoke to young folk. Yeah. Like, why you know, what, why doesn't most of the horror shit happen to people of all ages? Yeah. Why isn't it happening to a disabled grandma in a wheelchair? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. And I thought, well, what what's that going to be like if yeah. we take them as the main character? Because
1: the only time I've ever seen those characters in a horror film, they, they've normally lost their mind. Yeah. And they're or, they're, or
0: they're the baddie, or they're yeah. the untrustworthy one, yeah. or whatever. Or they are they never They're never yeah. the key protagonist, yeah. as a rule. So, yeah, so we get a bit of exposition quite early on in the first act. We can do that however we want. Yeah conversations, various scenes, Mm. like nothing too obvious or on the nose, but you get a lot of that from the context. Yeah. Anyway, due to the mass production of these living pods, for those at the time who were in the middle and the upper classes, so these could be 100 years old, everyone had the same tech within them. And given the increasing lawlessness of their life these days, almost everyone avoids going out as much as possible, if at all. Mm -hmm. Competitive capitalism is essentially history, and everyone works for and gets supplied by one of a handful of huge corporates. Those that do work, work from the safety of their pod via the video walls, mm-hmm. besides the very few, in this case, Christy, because he's a barber, and as such, still does residential visits. Fair enough. Because I just felt like, barber is probably one of the things that, it's that's one really. of the last things that technology is going to be able to figure out, yeah, how I to agree. get like a perfect do that you want, yeah. from some sort of gadget.
1: Yeah, no, completely.
0: You know? So that's why he's a barber. Also, they get to carry things like scissors, <laughs> Which, uh, a good horror movie fair. Yeah,
1: we a real off scissors now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, early in the act then, we follow Christie as he leaves for an in-pod visit, and he prepares for his trip. There's an old, tired argument that surfaces between Rook and Christie regarding what he should take with him to look after himself. Mm-hmm. She's pushing an array of weaponry, and he's ensuing it for a simple pistol. Christie's journey gives us some context to the outside. He leaves under cover of darkness... We see pockets of light and fires burning all around in night. Voices, wailing, etc. as he passes through various groups of disheveled people huddling around fires, sheltering under debris and mm-hmm. whatever they can find. We hear calls for food and unidentified screaming. He himself is pretty much dressed in rags in order to try and pass unnoticed through the throngs of people. Of course. So this is that, like, that mass homelessness that is such a mass of people they're just everywhere yeah, yeah. people are just everywhere the sprawling wherever they place. can find anywhere yeah, yeah. to get some shelter to space to themselves so
1: desperation drips off every wall
0: yeah so yeah. you can just imagine what that would look like kind yeah. Con- of conjure it if yeah, you yeah. will in your mind so anyway christy comes across someone being attacked in a crumbling side street and we get a scene here that i imagine is being quite visceral and grotesque Christie accidentally interrupts a team of two men hacking at the limbs of a third man. Oof. These types are known as butchers. This is the black market meat trade in fresh human meat. Shit. However explicit you want to make the scene visually, Christy gets some shots off in self-defense as we, re- we reveal the true horror of what's been going on. A torso with a head and only one arm still remaining attached, still alive. Oof. Saved by Christy, but only as long as his final few breaths hold out. Yeah. Christie has the option of killing at least one of the butchers, but doesn't, as we get the impression he has some sort of compassion for the desperation of truly hungry people. Yeah. Though we also see evidence that the victim may not have initially been alone, Christie got here late in proceedings, and whoever was with this man is now likely a very expensive series of dinners for other people. Oof. You could have, if you wanted to go super dark, you could have like a, you know, I don't know, dropped kids' belongings. Yeah. Ooh. Or you could have the yeah. guy being like, where's my baby or whatever yeah, yeah. to Christy. I mean, you could go all kinds yeah, of yeah. fucked up on that. it's
1: just like a kind of like a bag of bag and tagged bleeding parcels.
0: Oh, and he, oh, it's just minging. Yeah, just yeah, minging. So again, like human life at this point is almost so cheap because there's no animals anymore yeah. to eat.
1: And guys, uh, we're just meat at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, probably tastes quite a lot like chicken. So we get some scenes then with Christy in someone else's pod with a client. Yeah. On their video wall, there's a news item playing in one of the many windows about a politician that's supporting a great rehousing and agricultural project. A new approach to the dying climate and its starving people. He's proposing one last shot amongst the deafening clamour from the other commentators and hosts who are shouting him down. This, we discover, is actually a relative of Rook, Christie's partner.
1: So the politician is putting yeah. it
0: forward. We get a few further scenes of Christie visiting his clients, interspersed with more chilling outdoor experiences, and this all gives us further contextualization of the situation going on nationally, yeah. as well as the sort of, we get a taste of the individual fears and anger and resentment of the different people he's visiting. Of course, yeah. We're getting good snapshots and contextualization. An incidental thing we learn is that Christie and Rook had kids, though they are long gone and off into the world. Children have to be on the pod list from birth and leave for that pod the moment one comes available for them. Otherwise, it goes on to the Great List, which is an essentially an endless list of names of people who need shelter. Shit. So this means they move out whenever, in this case, age 12 and 13, respectively. Wow. And that's they've only, cool. Yeah, they've only ever seen them via screen since then, and that's many years ago now. This context, however, gives us a little more understanding of the psyche of the current generation, right raised to adulthood by the video walls in their pods, confined to the sweeping morality of the life forum quote-unquote platform yeah. and its fickle mass opinion, and also being destined to work a screen-based grind in their pod until their usefulness eventually runs out. So okay. that's kind of what the generation yeah, yeah, yeah. have got on their plate. Nothing point.
1: to look forward to.
0: Pretty much. One of Christie's visits, it turns out, is to a particularly grim-looking pod, surrounded by muscle hanging around outside the entrance, we get to see a glimpse of Christy stepping into something unpleasant before cutting back to Rook. Having introduced Rook at the outset, we now find her in the pod alone whilst Christy is out, and we get a scene that sets an eerie tone. It's a fairly confined space, and as a single-story prefab, portions of the roof can be accessed from the outdoors. So what we initially get is an alarmingly loud smashing sound from nearby, next door we think, and a series of screams and pleading alongside rougher voices and melee sounds. We're experiencing this all from Rook's point of view in the pod living room.
1: Yeah, very tense. Yeah,
0: yeah. so she's variously frozen to the spot and, and then also yeah. trying to ignore it and go about her business. And it's kind of flitting between those two yeah, uh, yeah. vibes. And I've written, if, if played right, this scene could be quite nasty, really entirely implicitly. Yeah. And would escalate in tension And I was thinking you drop in periodic silences where you think maybe that's it finished and so on before. And the
1: walls would like shake a bit because it's all like plastic. Well,
0: And then it culminates with them starting to bang on Rook's pod, the pod that she's in, and then the roof. Shit. And then we cut back to Christy. The act begins to culminate with us back with Christy in this nasty pod we left him entering. We discover that not only is it a grim gang, I'm just using gang for, you know, want of a better term, hideout, but it's several pods knocked together. So if you imagine a series of cylindrical pods stacked horizontally and vertically, they're sort of knocking through the side into the next one, into the next one. So it's several pods knocked together, and not only that, but it's in the process of being continually knocked through as Christy is trying to stay calm and cut the main nutter's hair. So we get a grim scene here Again, up for discussion about the depths of the grimness. Mm-hmm. But for starters I was imagining that this gang have very recently taken this pod and then the subsequent ones they're knocking through in the process of knocking through into. And there's evidence all around that this was not their pod. So for example, normal family bits and bobs. Yep. Yeah. Cuddly toys, you know, yeah, dinner of like, on the table, yeah. stuff that is clearly not yeah, belonging yeah. to these people that are I've, in it now.
1: You can you have like a like a pile of smashed frames and stuff and yeah, just stuff that they have just put to one side. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, if you want to be really grim, you could have, like, bits of body yeah, that were stacked hands. up from meat and stuff. Stuck um, hands. Yeah. Yeah. So on top of it not being their pod, we also see other members smashing through another wall about two pods deep, which is now the far wall of this megapod. Yeah. So at- Christie is, like, literally in a situation where he's cutting some guy's hair in what is essentially a gang hideout, watching horrific shit going on. Yeah. And trying to be just just trying to be blase, just trying to be a
1: cool kind of mirror to what's going on with Rook because they're both hearing sounds of chaos and murder. Right. Lovely stuff.
0: So we also see some horrific stuff going on with the folks that were, we get the impression, living in the last pod that they busted through into what might have been minutes before Mm -hmm. Christie got there. So they've just knocked through so there's like a family two pods deep in yeah, this yeah. megapod. pod, just shitting themselves. Yeah, because they've yeah. also just had their wall knocked through and then there's all these gang crazies. Anyway, so it's one of these scenes where we very clearly understand Christie is in a terrible situation and yeah. is trying to play it as cool as possible to get away unharmed. Yeah, yeah. People in this immediate pod are on the Life Forum and watching videos of virtual crowds that do represent real people, cheering on speakers, shouting crazy rhetoric about how drastic action needs to be taken. The old and the useless need to be removed from their pods, killed if needs be. They're trying to legitimize this idea by calling it "enviroside"
1: yeah, cool. and
0: suggesting that a cull is essentially needed for the benefit of what's left of the living world. Mm-hmm. We've had some of this before on Christie's earlier calls. So like video, they've all got video walls and they've all yeah. got shit playing. So yeah. we get, we've got some of that passively, but this time we, it's really rammed home. The crowd on the viewer and the gang in the room are all erupting yeah. at this stuff. They absolutely eating up. They love it. They start throwing insults at Christy because he's about 20, 30 years older than they yeah, are yeah. and the act ends with Christy getting away and eventually back to Rook. The outside of the pod has been visibly attacked and next door's pod is broken open. There's mm-hmm. debris everywhere and a headless corpse of what we assume was mm-hmm. one of the neighbours that lived there. From the body we pan up to see a handful of butchers coming along the outdoor walkway towards Christy. Christy backs away towards his front door flashing the hilt of his pistol in their direction as he does so. An odd-patterned knock reveals an armed rook in the doorway and mm-hmm. an escape from the oncoming butchery. So that's the first act. That's lovely stuff. Light like a cigarette.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. Oh yeah.
0: Sweet Lady Nicotine.
1: <laughs> Never part of your subliminal advent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right that... don't know if you guys caught that.
0: Right, act two. <laughs> act two sees an increase in incidence. Yep. We again follow Christy on a work trip. It could be the next night or sometime later, depending on yeah. how we want to pace the movie and what approach we take with timelines, etc. This time, the general vibe of his visits is hugely increased tension compared to the first yeah, act.
1: Imagine, yeah, imagine things are definitely like getting worse out there.
0: Right. He gets identified as being in some way related to the politician who's advocated Nambi Pambiism, and by that I mean the, the guy that's talking about the great agricultural yeah. and social housing thing. It's not popular with many of his clients what happened was someone identified the family tree on this life forum and it went viral. So basically the yeah. li- life forum is a sort of lazy, all encompassing social media thing, yeah. but it's not just social media. It's also like you do work comms and yeah, stuff. Through it is now the oh, whole everything. internet. Essentially, yeah. yeah. And so there's a blurring of say news and subjective reality. And information.
1: Like you could be talking to somebody and then bring up their entire, everything about right. them as a link almost. That sounds great. cool. Yeah.
0: So so in this sense, they, Rook and Christy are, are identified publicly as being related. Obviously, nobody knows who they are unless you know who they are. Right. Yeah. But some people know who they are.
1: They've been doxxed.
0: Yeah. So people start challenging Christy on what the second room in their pod is. So they had two rooms in their pod, I think yeah. I said at the beginning. And so one of them is empty. So, you know, they get shit about that who needs an old barber now, especially an older couple using up a two-room pod in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. After the kids moved out, they should have done the honourable thing and taken, quote, the pills, which it seems is something you can get on the easy-to-access black market, and it's basically suicide pills. Yeah, yeah. Which, unsurprisingly, are pretty popular. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> so we get a sequence where we cut back and forth between these increasingly tense and, in some cases, contextually grim and scary scenes of Christie out and about on jobs. yeah. Two scenes with Christy and Rook discussing the fact that his job is fast becoming unworkable. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, it's and, too dangerous.
0: Right, and that's a problem for the immediate future, yeah. assuming they n- neither of them get killed in, yeah. in, the, in the immediate short term. So, Christy loses most of his barber gear and a couple of fingers in a nasty scene with a young, radical new client. We get the impression he have been trying to lure Christy there to kill him, though Christy yeah. does manage to escape. So, this back and forth scene swapping culminates.
1: Sorry, how would he lose his fingers? They get
0: in a brawl with uh, so uh, kind of scissors. Like... I mean, again, you know, for the sake of some semblance of brevity, Yeah, I've not let. I've not.
1: So you can have like somebody stabs it, and he puts his hand up, and it just cuts yeah, to him in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Somebody could come along and just cleave his fingers off. Yeah. You know, in an argument. I mean, however you want to contrive it.
1: However, fingers get lost in the. I mean, I just felt like down. I
0: feel like I can only do a few of the horrory bits. Yeah. And Good then job. for the rest, I just have to say, sort of, there's a horrory bit yeah. here, but however that comes out and then wash.
1: He basically goes out and like right, comes back two fingers <laughs> shy.
0: Yeah. So you're cutting between a conversation with him and Rook, which is ostensibly a sort of calm, yeah. rational conversation, to him out on his jobs, which is um, frenetic and worrying yeah. and exciting and scary and, and violent. And
1: it's basically proving Rook right. Yes. that she's saying it's too risky now he's like, I need to earn all of a sudden two fingers are down the drain
0: mm. Exactly. or in someone's pot <laughs> two fingers from a pot yeah. yeah, so that's where we are so the back and forth scene swapping stuff culminates with them discovering and that's Rook and Christy discovering mm-hmm. a family of freshly cooked and stripped skeletons wow. laid outside their battered front door alongside graffiti saying take the pills and side wow that's pres- cool yeah presumably the children's skeletons alongside the adults represent the need of the masses compared to their two room pods and yeah, so yeah. like so it's clear things are about to get nasty whether they like it or not and regardless of what yeah. they choose to do but yeah by cooked and stripped I meant like again thinking of the butchers yeah yeah you know just yeah. like skeletons of two adults yeah. top two they kids they've soaked
1: sort of all the nutrients off the bones mm.
0: yeah you've probably made a broth you've probably you've done all that you've stripped all the meat you've probably yeah. made a broth yeah seasoned think. it. Yeah.
1: Bay leaf. To be it's worst case you can make a lovely stock out of it.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. All of that stuff. And you then know, use they that. use every bit. That's the thing. People yeah. criticize folk like for eating other yeah, folk yeah. but if you use every bit then I think it's fine. It's a
1: way of kind of honouring uh, <laughs> the individual or the family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's how if I want to pay somebody a slight but not make it very clear yeah, like, yeah. so it's like you know how if you uh, scratch your eye but you're giving somebody the finger of course
1: yeah
0: sometimes if I'm eating somebody I didn't like yeah I won't eat it all
1: of course yeah. and then I've I'll just seen put, you do put that put a bit
0: in the bin I would just put yeah. a bit in the bin and it's like then their soul isn't at rest yeah there's no honour there everyone else at the table will think yeah. it's fine yeah but we but
1: for, for for those people who've been well brought up we know what you're trying to do
0: if you know you know If you don't know, you don't know. It's just one of those things. If you don't know,
1: it doesn't matter for you.
0: Yeah. Right, where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Okay, so we're coming to the end of Act 2. Yeah. Rook discovers via Life Forum that her politician relative is dead. Whoa. Having called for a debate on the radical environmental movement versus his great agricultural plan, his dead body is now seen flashing on the news and showing looters in his pod. He was clearly murdered as in the other lifeform channels, there's footage of him being mocked and tortured before Christie shuts it off.
1: Shit, you
0: Playing out at the same time on another channel on the video wall, the news, if you like, is covering a story about one of the radical politicians having been caught on camera beating an older woman to death.
1: Bloody hell! This
0: we understand has, for whatever reason you contrive, yep. this we understand has already led to mass outbreaks of violence and lawlessness. By the yep. time, by the time they're even watching this. And the politician in question has already used the term enviricide to try and rationalize and defend his actions yeah yeah. which is a sea change given his official position of course so he's appearing on a few different screens in the house and the critical questions from the various hosts are limp and unchallenging it becomes clear that what now passes for media is essentially endorsing this kind of behavior or at least not holding it to account other windows on the wall show nationwide chaos on the streets in one of the windows, the anchors are reporting that those not supporting a viruside movement on Life Forum are being targeted in attacks, Shit. and the rhetoric has become a with us or against us polarization. Yeah, yeah, So anyone, any remaining advocates of alternative environmentalism and social reforms, or indeed just further debate, yeah. like Rook's relative, are all being killed or staying silent in fear.
1: Fuck it out,
0: dark days, isn't it? It's almost impossible to imagine. No, it is. Rook and Christy get a video call from their children. Both living in the same vast block of pods in the south. Now this this is fun in the southwest sector of the Pacific Shelf Quadrant.
1: <laughs> Lovely I sound. wrote that and Lovely thought, how stuff. can
0: I make that sound the most like contrived sci-fi <laughs> kind of soft sci-fi bullshit?
1: I can imagine that's the last thing you wrote that day, knowing, <laughs> one- <laughs> and you slept soundly. <laughs> it's like no, that's. I I'm was like, I was today. like,
0: I just couldn't find a way <laughs> to sort of convey the, what I wanted to convey without sounding like that. Anyway, um, so, you know, <laughs> so the kids are living, you know, so far away that they've never seen them of since course. they moved out. Only one of the kids has a partner and offspring. The other mm. is still single and as such appears to be suffering similar harassment, though on a lesser scale, yeah. to our protagonists. The kids raise the prospect of the parents getting to their block or hunkering down where they are, basically discussing, like, what the fuck are we going to yeah, do? Yeah. Shit's yeah. going south fast now.
1: We might have a better chance altogether than right. we do
0: alone. So they're talking about options. The distance involved in getting to the kids, though, is nigh on impossible, hence they've never yeah. seen each other in and person. And
1: also, what can only even move in a straight line as well. <laughs> makes it very difficult.
0: That's true. Anyway, uh, you know, everything from birthdays to weddings were done via remote link on the video wall, yeah. most of it on so they're almost forum.
1: strangers in some respects.
0: And whilst outdoors... As we say, things have gone seriously wrong. So, entering the third act then, act three starts with Christy pushing through crowns at night. He's making his way back to one of the clients, one he's recently told Rook he's really not happy about, mm. but until they've decided what to do next, he's going to try and keep earning coin if he can. Yeah,
1: he needs money for the travel.
0: Right, and a lot of his clients have already gone quiet Yeah, for various reasons. Definitely, yeah. You know? Uh, as he makes it to the outdoor corridor on the level of the client's pod, things get eerily quiet, and as he approaches the doors, we see graffiti just like on the gang pod from Act 1, but this time there's no heavies around the door. After a pause, he moves to go in, only to hesitate at the glint of something in the shadows. It's Butcher's. Fuck. And at the hesitation, there comes whoops, screaming, laughing, hollering, and light from within the pod as it suddenly bursts to life. So we get a series of scenes, and again, for brevity, a lot of this is brief. Uh, we get a series of scenes in which Christy gets pulled into this gang's pod and a fight ensues.
1: You can imagine, yeah.
0: He takes a beating and it cuts with the cliche blow to the head ending the scene. Yep. We then get scenes with Rook taking another call from her kids amongst a growing clamour from outdoors at her end and at her single kid's end as Fuck. well. Between the kids' video and the other videos playing out on the video wall and the constant screed of virus-side stuff scrolling down the Life Forum bar now, things are very visibly going to shit. Christy, back with him, wakes to find himself with a few remaining unfortunate survivors from some of the adjacent pods that have been knocked through by this gang. This could potentially be seriously unpleasant. Yeah, but I was
1: about to ask, why have they been kept around?
0: Well, quite various reasons yeah. and the least minging of all of them is that they're just meat yeah so they're just working let's go food. with that so let's go with that for this bit i think we all know what yeah. is there on the yeah. table if if people wanted to it's not to my taste yeah no but, i agree but no
1: i mean i think I, I i think even just having a line we're being kept for meat does is, all is enough right yeah, yeah it's grim enough it does all you the, does don't all need the heavy
0: to lifting. do you don't need to do more it's not yeah. it's not like we're scratching around for horrific what, elements no, I this <laughs> So, this could be seriously unpleasant, so let's just say there's two or three folks still there with Christie and they manage to contrive an escape. The majority of the gang are with the butchers working on the current set of meat. And in that window of dwindled gang numbers and with a suitably satisfying revenge on some of the remaining gang members, as well as losing some of the survivors, Christie escapes. But it's brutal. We rejoin Christie and Smith. Smith mm-hmm. is the only remaining survivor from this gang yep. pod scene, escapee survivor. Oh, Smithy. As they get to the balcony corridor leading to Christie's pod. Christie is offering the support of himself and Rook, the spare room, etc. So, you know, it could really work mm-hmm. out. Smith, I'm actually imagining, is a woman in this instance. Oh. And as Smith... Hello, ca- Smithy. As Smith takes Christie's hand in thanks, the whole arm drops. So Christie is holding a freshly severed limb... Oof. he looks up in time to see another butcher's implement pierced through the silently screaming throat of Smith denying her any final noise beyond the gurgle Jesus Christ in a flash Christie has torn his pained expression from Smith's dying eyes pulled his last remaining set of barber scissors from his pockets ah there we go and plunged them straight through the right eye of the butcher up to the hilt Oof. before dying like I feel like because like, he doesn't know Smith but he's just they've just through some shit yeah. to get back yeah. to this pod stuff was starting to look yeah. a bit brighter Yeah. yeah. that happened. So you see, he's a bit like, fuck, man. Yeah, definitely. This is nice and, and not And you can he's... hear
1: the scissors sort of scrape out the back of his skull. That would sort
0: be of very thing. cool. Yeah. Just <laughs> like he's just
1: gone straight through the
0: software. <laughs> bit. So, uh, so anyway, so he does that. Like a and then he, he dives for the door of his yeah. pod. The film climaxes with a bloodbath.
1: Oof.
0: What started with radical, ideologically driven vigilanteism has now become an all-out, sort of all-out destruction whatever semblance of civilization that remained appeared to be crumbling before our eyes, and this is the upshot of all that.
1: Everyone's just lost their minds. Yeah, at point.
0: least for Christian Rook, anyway. Too much
1: pain, too much desperation. And yeah.
0: then there's almost like some, this environment thing, a touch paper, yeah. just out of anyone's control. It's an
1: excuse people needed to try and take back some kind yeah. of control.
0: Yeah, you can't control this many people, either. Yeah. So you can't, it's not like, even if you have a police force, you can say, yeah, they've got, yeah. like, futuristic police and all that yeah. shit, but they can't, you, there's sheer weight of yeah. numbers, you can't. And there's this. a
1: sense that you have a whiff of them, or you're not.
0: Right, it climaxes with a bloodbath, yeah, whatever simple as uh, Anyway, the climax is so bloody that it pushes the film towards a satirical, but in a cathartic sense, hopefully. Not mm-hmm. oh, for discussion, but here's the broad strokes as yep. I as I see them. So, these two older protagonists, this is after Christie's basically dived to the door, got in after yes. he's lost this Smith person. So the two older protagonists seamlessly and wordlessly move around the pod, pulling weapons together, kicking furniture out to the way, Placing strategic reloads and melee weaponry around the place. Yeah. All the while, a crescendo of thudding boot stomps is followed by direct attacks on the front of the pod. The second the door blows in, the bloodbath begins. I like this. Coming through the door are all kinds of weird and wonderful attackers. Gang members like those we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Others dressed in enviricide garb. Crazed, gaunt attackers dressed in yeah. rags, carrying blades, etc., etc. Whatever. But you, you got everyone. Butchers, everyone just exactly. The numbers are against them, but the busted doorway is a choke point for the attackers. Yeah. After minutes of bloody violence, the attackers out of shot have to start dragging corpses out of the doorway as they're piling high enough to block it. Brought down low by Christie's fairly endless futuristic shotgun. Nice. So, <laughs> Rook takes up the side angle for anyone that makes it through in between the shotgun blasts. She's armed with something sort of approaching a samurai sword, but with blades at either end of a central handle. Coming from the perpendicular. (laughs) Classic (laughs)
1: rock.
0: Let's say that was intentional.
1: so neat and tidy, that.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, what a happy accident.
1: Just a quick thing Any, any ideas on soundtrack for this?
0: Oh, I had more of a visual soundtrack. I was very much imagining The Night Comes for Us. Okay, yeah. So Rook takes up the side angle for anyone that makes it through between the shotguns. She's got this kind of fucking sweet Darth Maul um, kind of samurai sword. She's making equally bloody work of those that do get through, but it is a grueling war of attrition, not a cakewalk. Some sort of bomb is dropped by one of the dying attackers in the doorway, and this blacks everything out with an explosion. As the dust clears, the attackers are inside the pod in some numbers, and the fight turns largely to short-range melee. Without outlining the scene entirely, it's brutal as fuck, and in spite of taking lots of injuries, Christy and Rook are the last two left standing. Nice. Dripping in blood and bits, clothes in tatters, they stumble across around 20 or so cadavers spread right across the inside of the pod. We see the front of the pod a bit more clearly now as the last plumes of smoke are clearing. It's entirely destroyed, ripped open like cheap tin. As they stumble, so it's like it's they can't like shut the door again and yeah. just go, ooh, we'll have a nice yeah. sleep, it's fucked. So as they stumble out onto the walkway, the first light of day is beginning to break in that weird Highlander Mm -hmm. 2 E fashion. Yeah. uh, And we fade to black. And so although I kept the description of that scene fairly short, that is the climax of the movie, and it should really feel like it, and and however that manifests itself. Like it is kind of building to that. However. We fade in on two bedraggled figures, heavily clad in rags and tattered layers of clothes. As we pull in close, we see it is Christian Rook. And I've put in brackets here, this conversation might be a bit on the nose, but dot dot dot. They're trying to process the morality of what they did. Sure, there were bad folks in the crowd they killed, but they were, there were also just tired, hungry, angry people. Yeah. All looking for something tangible to blame, something they can touch that has a direct effect they can see, wanting to affect change, if for no one else, then at least for themselves. Rook says that maybe the only thing we're fighting for now is their children's lives or any yeah. little thing that they can do to help those lives in that potential future that they might have. Perhaps the envirocyte concept wasn't that bad after all. They're walking up the incline of, of a huge debris hill. And as they near the top, they see the tops of two huge sets of pod towers appear. And Rook says that this is their son's pod towers. Yeah. So after all these weeks of walking and survival, they actually yeah, made it. shit. Yeah, as they reach the brow of this debris mountain, we reveal that there is a staggeringly vast crowd beneath the bases of these towers. The longer that we linger on it, we see huge makeshift chains and ropes hanging from the towers, being heaved, <laughs> okay, <now. laughs> being heaved by gargantuan lines of seething masses below. They're actually trying to pull the towers down, and at this scale of force it looks like it might work. The final shot of the movie is of the couple shedding off most of their layers, revealing their emaciated frames beneath, taking one choice weapon from their supply packs, which they also leave, and deciding to just go hell for leather into the mass of people, death or glory. Glory being anything they can do to help their kids survival, basically. And that's the end.
1: That's fantastic. woo hey
0: Welcome to Egg 4! Fair income. (laughs) It's late, it's late. I mean,
1: Mitch, mate, you started shaky got strong and I think he just phoned that one in
0: <laughs> yeah he did he fucking phoned that last one you know, in he just wanted to get out of the yeah. way so we could talk about I that mean, I
1: think he has got a flight in an hour I so think that's right he'll be lucky to make it I get this. one
0: that he's not supposed to be on no he's not yeah. and that cough really
1: isn't getting any better I love the sheer amount of violence mmm I think that works really well in a story like this because I think it gives it that kind of, I'd say that kind of like almost cartoonishly, like just dread sort of like...
0: A little bit Mega City work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's so
1: heightened because we are kind of past the point of gentle satire. I think.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. I think
1: some of the, some of the, some of the it, it like, touches upon that satire is left behind unless it is that much heightened. 2000 AD is like validated now. Yeah. As opposed to being like forwards thinking. Yeah. And I think that suits that really nicely
0: couple of last things i was gonna say i mean the first one which was i wanted to do all the protagonists for all the reasons i said so the other sort of start of the seed was that i wanted to sort of explore a scenario in which people could successfully subvert a good intention so well that it becomes almost the opposite of what it was intended for yeah so like the enviroside idea i've i've been sat on that for uh, probably since we started the podcast yeah yeah Trying to figure out how could we get to the point where people were killing folk for that ideal legitimately.
1: I think one of the interesting things about where we are with the overpopulation argument, two things have to change. One of which, there's less people, or the other is a wholesale reorganisation of our entire social structure. As a species, we need to completely embrace the will to look at everything differently. It seems as though that's too difficult. Whereas the argument for... I mean, people do already argue a soft version of what you've said anyway, mm. because really the idea of a complete species level kind of re- reorganization is beyond most people's like imagination at this point. Yeah. And I think what you've written there is way more likely than the idea that people go, let's just change everything.
0: I mean, another thing I wanted to try and explore cool. was we always talk about off podcast, yeah. which is the sort of degradation you know, of discourse publicly. Just a few minutes, yeah. The, uh, because of social media, yeah. And so, what I wanted to explore, especially in this, was if we took that to its nth degree, because what social media removes is the decency that people would afford each other in a conversation. Yeah the time and the extra nuance that you would afford yeah. somebody face-to-face, you don't afford anybody yeah. ever online. Yeah, yeah. And thus, discourse right now is in a terrible fucking I shitty agree. state. And, and so this, uh, what I wanted to do is go, okay, well, let's say discourse stays at this terrible yeah. shitty level. Yeah. What does that look like in the future? And then this is, this is a whole other thing you can make a whole other movie about, but people mm. didn't want to speak up against this virus side idea. Yeah. Because it they would be seen to be anti-environmentally friendly. Yeah. Right? And so you've got a situation where something requires more debate and requires more discussion. Mm. But because one party or one side has managed to make the rhetoric so simplistic. Yeah. You're either for the environment or you're yeah. not. If you disagree with this, you're not for yeah, it. Yeah. And, so, and so that is the problem. That's the nub of the thing I, I really find distasteful about social media. And the politician oh. using, I mean, again, it was one line that I just glossed over and yeah. carried on, but the politician using the term side to try and get himself yeah. out. So it's a classic thing of a politician going, I've done something wrong, but rather than taking responsibility for that, I'm going to do this lazy thing yeah. and use this... this, But, but the consequence of that yeah. is fucking huge. And we yeah. see it with Trump all the time. Instead yeah. of just taking responsibility for something or saying that was wrong or I, or I was wrong. Yeah, he changes <laughs>
1: everything that wrong is he no he longer wrong.
0: the whole discussion. The sort of boundaries of reality get moved because he moves them. Those of us with a brain go, you fucking idiot, you can't do yeah. that. But yeah. half the other people can't think critically go yeah that's the reality yeah. so now we have a new reality we have to deal with yeah, because yeah. of some fucking idiot and so and, that's, yeah. that's the enviricide guy
1: and I quite like that that's about sort of like 200 years let's say of that movement mm. so names
0: names yeah well obviously one obvious one is enviricide yep which that's is a, a pretty
1: strong one where do you start? well starting point and I do not this is a shit thing. Highlander
0: 4? <laughs> <laughs> It probably is Ireland 4 It will bring in people,
1: (laughs) Uh, not many, but it'll be. It's a reboot.
0: It's a reboot. Yeah, and Rook, in fact, has the swords. (gasps) Maybe is it is
1: is it a backdoor restart Christopher Lambert's
0: still alive.
1: He, Christopher
0: Lambert, could be fucking Christie. Oh Oh my god! I've made Highland 4 This is amazing. (laughs) This is amazing.
1: So is that is it. Just Highlander Four, uh,
0: listeners. Uh, if you know Christopher Lambert, Stephen, one of you has M- to? Mr. King. I know you're always listening. Uh, I don't know if you know Christopher Lambert or Sean, Sean he Pertwee. Must do, right? <laughs> <laughs> who, who do we know? Dexter Fletcher.
1: Look, we've got we've got Fletch, we've got King, we've got Pertwee on that sort of like triangulation graph. <laughs> in the middle's Lambert. <laughs> it's just a matter of time now. Untouchable. So, assuming it might be Highlander Four. Mm. This this would not be a name because it sounds like a Michael Crichton novel. It's not a bad thing, just no, saying. No. But critical mass, which is terrible, but is there not something we can do with that?
0: Yeah, I know. I like where you're going with it. You think uh, the mass population stuff? that's yeah. where I so I was it's something
1: to... there, but not mm. that because that's terrible and boring.
0: You could go down the barber route and call it like the, but you know, there's like the yeah. Barber of Seville. Yeah, so yeah, you could you could do a play on that
1: and the just... Pod Barber.
0: Well, maybe not the pod barber. <laughs> in that sounds a bit weird. You're okay. thinking of our other podcast where we interview barbers. Fascinating, really. A really good. A lot of sto- I mean, you think taxi drivers have got stories. Yeah, yeah. Barbers.
1: Oh, Compared to barbers? Got barbers
0: are shit all over them.
1: We get a lot of emotions in those episodes.
0: It's a roller coaster, And they all study phrenology? They do. Yeah. Big well, believers. that's how they get into it. It's, we it's only, just a cover, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a barber. They're all, people <laughs> we're all phrenologists
0: <laughs> secretly scoring yeah. you and sending your score off to the government. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, critical mass. <laughs> um, I mean, you could call it mass effect, but uh, we may have some litigation issues. Yeah.
1: The oh. critical barber? See,
0: barber of paradise. Yeah. I mean, you could have the pod blocks for all we know were called paradise. You yeah. may even see it crumbling in
1: Paradise pa- Hills or something. Pa- yeah,
0: exactly. See what I mean?
1: The old barber.
0: Because it. <laughs> The old barber and his wife. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the rinky um, stylist.
0: <laughs> the barber, the butcher... Uh, no, the barbers butcher. and the butchers? Barber like, and the butchers. I don't That's know That's not what?
1: bad. I like that. I'm going to step back now because I really like that.
0: It's making me wobble on an virus side. I'll, t- I'll give you that. For but, I mean, sure. I mean, it's I, 50-50 in my mind alongside it. So I'm
1: pushing all my chips out Strong barber, barber and the butchers.
0: Yeah, the barber and the butchers. I think let's go with that. Right in obviously um, you know what I didn't say at the beginning was you can email us at let's make a horror movie at gmail.com send all your feedback on any yep. of our episodes or whatever else and we'll, yep. the we'll best
1: place to not the only place
0: yeah that's true or to twitter at lmahmpod they're the best places for feedback yeah anyway so yeah alright if you've got a better title tweet us or email us or if you want to change the story in any way do that too through the same methods
1: check out our new website
0: Oh, yeah, and check out the website, Let's make a Horror letsmakeahorrormovie.com. Soon to have a section to placate listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, contributors. We we'll, Yeah, we'll get a contributors section. So This is not the only social media pitch I've done.
1: I think social um, media is your dead kids.
0: I think it is, you mm, know, because I like really, like, all joking aside, <laughs> I hate it. I think, on balance, it is a bad thing. Mm. For society now, I don't mean to imply that it hasn't got a huge amount of benefits. Yeah. It does. I'm just saying, yeah. if you were to bar graph, yeah, pros and cons, yeah. So two columns. The cons column is slightly higher than the pros column.
1: That's how I feel about um, dead children. Exactly the same, <laughs> word for word.
0: So, oh, just the dead children. Are ever yeah. so slightly worse than not dead. Are a net
1: loss? You and make a lot
0: of money off dead kids. I do. There's an f- <laughs> amazing trade in, <laughs> in, in, in that. Um,
1: It's a real seller's mind.
0: Well, there's that whole sport, dead kid tossing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm also trying to get off the ground and rock 'em, sock 'em, dead children as well. There's a few little. Technical niggles and niggles, up against. yeah. But yeah, once once out after grad, i think it'd be winning well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's how you solve the meat dropping off problem. It is, isn't it? It's the longevity. Because after they've been sucked, yeah. let's be yeah. honest, a few times.
1: Because Bits. if I've learned anything from robot wars, and I have, yeah. is that you want to have like your big name ones to bring back every week. To that's right. Up, yeah, and I'm finding that's hard to sustain. Like Metallicock. exactly. <laughs> 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 That's one of, one of the names I've got for one yeah, of Yeah, is it? For, yeah. for
0: one of the dead kids, yeah, yeah. is it? Wow, yeah, wow. St- <laughs>
1: Still got some TV issues on it.
0: <laughs> when you go to try and get it televised, you might find that you have to change either the name mm. of Metallicoch.
1: What? Not because it's, in it's inappropriate. Market.
0: because Well, it's more because I think it's um, copyrighted. It uh, was used in Spaced. Nice, of course, and nah, in yes, their yeah, of course yeah. But otherwise, it's <laughs> right totally fine. Well. BBC have been sniffing around.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very keen on it, actually.
0: Very keen. Yeah,
1: they weren't a few years ago. Now they seem to come round. Awesome. Everyone I've spoken to so far says that I'm ahead of the curve on this. I think so. That I'm going to make bank on it. That's not why I'm in it. They're no, not, I mean, you're I'm not. You're in it for the love of the, and yeah, yeah. sock and their kids. <laughs> yeah, They yeah. keep her away from the business side.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Not until she's old enough. In which case, she'll help me with the books. Um, of the um, dead kid rock'em so oh, oh, oh see. yeah right now she just sees the raw materials and just thinks what's he doing Dolly's
0: not a dolly it's not one of Danny's dollies <laughs> yeah. I mean it's
1: <laughs> one of his smelly dollies
0: <laughs> I think the trick to making <laughs> it I think the trick to making it not weird for your daughter is if, you, as long as you continue to act like it's all perfectly oh, yeah. normal
1: we just talk around
0: them. oh go and move that smelly dolly out of the way yeah. for dinner yeah. just, pop, just push it on the floor you know, oh, I'm, I'm
1: like, watching Teen Titans. Come on. Oh, it
0: smells like rotten mince in here, Dad. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it does in everyone's house. You know? <laughs> and she be like, no, my friend Sarah's house doesn't. And you're like, no, it's just because their rotten dollies are in the garden. They're you know.
1: not entrepreneurs.
0: Exactly. you just got to normalise it. I think that's the key. And also, socialisation is important. You know? it really any, is. any parenting expert will say, and same with dogs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nature's children. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> socialise them, you know and uh, in this case with, with dead kids
1: get him used to the stink of death they and
0: the yeah the, the cold caress of death as well but it's good that you're bringing your kid up in the business have for you a got a trade. brand name for your rock'em sock'em kids
1: well I mean I, I, I it, like, are we
0: spelling dead kids in the same way as 3DK with D-E-D-K-I-D-Z yeah but it's
1: got it's on the end obviously yeah 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 because yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's for children
0: yeah of course
1: for children by children <laughs> <laughs>
0: sort of is children for children by children <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my children, for children, is children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your brand should just be called Is Children. Yeah. <laughs> New from yeah. Is Children Games Rock 'em, Sock 'em, Dead Kids.
1: <laughs> With Metallicock. Featuring Metallicock.
0: In that one, going back to what we were talking about in the pitch, yeah. I feel like if you call one of your dead kids yeah. Metallicock, yeah. you're going to get a lot of shit on Twitter.
1: Mate, you are seen him. What else do I call him?
0: I'm just saying
1: anyone who sees him the first thing they'll think is that's that name fits like a glove (laughs)
0: oh my god we're lucky that finding Susan wrapped up sooner than we thought it was going to that
1: was a right stress that took a lot of time as well a lot of time walking around shouting Susan at people yeah and turning (laughs) out it wasn't a Susan a lot of people were really, really quite rude about that. They really were, really? especially ones called Susan. Mm. Because I find they were the most egregious about it because <laughs> they were like, what? And it's like, you're the wrong Susan. And then they look at us as if it's sort of our fault that they're not the right Susan. Yeah, exactly. Why do they can't
0: just accept that they're not the right
1: Susan? And that's not my fault.
0: No. They're an unhelpful Susan. as they well. Are, you, we, we met a lot of unhelpful Susan. We did
1: look a lot of
0: um, Which almost... <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on tape which at this point is probably enough to do a spin-off podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of
1: calling Lazy Susan.
0: Well, I was thinking Unhelpful Seasons is probably. No, 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 no. I, I think if I had to vote on it again, write in, tweet us, uh, let us know. Would you go for Unhelpful Seasons or Lazy Seasons? Yeah. For the essentially, because
1: to be fair, they aren't really lazy, but it's a lovely pun.
0: It is a good pun, but they aren't it is a good lazy, pun. and often they do turn around, right? Because you're calling <laughs> them on the street, and so they spin on the spot.
1: And also, like a lazy Susan. And they are definitely not lazy. They're quite animated.
0: Oh, they get animated after you say they're not the right Susan. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, fuck me.
1: Energetic Susan.
0: (laughs) Well, this has clearly gone too long. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I hope you all enjoyed our second Poco episode from the (laughs) Mampo. Yeah, thanks for joining us on (laughs) our. Second returning episode to podcast land. The Hope podcast you all enjoy field. it. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Podcast Monthly. Isn't it's... that
1: the one where they print out all the podcasts of that month, and you can buy a <laughs> magazine? <laughs>
0: print for? out the uh, transcript.
1: It's really good. You can. <laughs> Do you
0: know how last episode we yeah. said the special on the website was yeah. eggs? Yeah. So yeah, the special this week will be. To the fortnight is worth doing that book oh, of, nice. oh, oh yeah oh,
1: have we made podcasts monthly the thousand
0: best podcasts yeah. you'll love it because it's the convenience of a thousand of your yeah. favorite podcasts but in written transcript yeah. form
1: i think if i remember correctly the actual tagline is a forest goes into each issue
0: <laughs> yeah so you can get that that's only about six thousand pounds at the moment on the website yeah, don't um sure. I don't know where we were but it is the end so please do write in go to the website go to Twitter go to Instagram do all the things you do and we'll see you again in two weeks to make another horror movie audio sketch pitch story or if it's
1: one of mine a short story (laughs) (laughs) that I have completely forgotten the format of the show and now just write short stories
0: (laughs) whatever 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 you want well until next time let's make a horror movie everyone bye bye (laughs)